0: Okay, and we are recording. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, partners, uh, to Life Church Canton Zoom style for our uh, meeting to talk about reopening as well as some other updates. Um, we're glad you're here. And uh, if at any point you have any questions, you can use the chat box on the bottom. Go ahead and click on that, and that will only come to me. So I will be the only person that sees those questions or comments. And I'll keep track of those, and then at some point, all throughout the meeting, if you have questions, they'll go there. I'll hold on to them, and then at the end of our time together, toward the end, we'll have a Q and A time where uh, we'll go through those questions in order of greatest importance or greatest priority, um, and try to get to as many questions as possible, um, and now what I'd love to do is just, I wanna be really excited and celebrate the fact that we have some new members to our team. Uh, And so first off, we have Bridget Reynolds. And uh, if you got the letter ahead of time, uh, you saw this, uh, but Bridget, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Give me just 30 seconds to 60 seconds or so. Uh, Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're excited about uh, to be part of Life Church.
1: Awesome. Thank you for that, Jared. Uh, my name is Bridget Reynolds. I'm the new volunteer director for First Impressions Ministry as well. I have been going to Life Church since 2015, but I ended up becoming a partner in March of this year, actually. I've been involved in various different ministries, such as Life Kids, VBS, and recently Be the Bridge Ministry as a participant and a facilitator. I am really excited to be a part of what Life Church is doing right now. And one of my main goals right now is to Get a pulse over where our ministry is at collectively and individually and hopefully be um, light and salt and help to preserve and maintain a culture of community and belonging so um, I'm excited to learn about and uh, work with each and every one of you all and especially our partners, um, so they they can live into um, the calling of um, worship one and serve one so or work one and um, I look forward to working with you all and um, learning and and growing in grace.
0: Awesome, Thanks so much, Bridget. We're excited to have you part of the team. She started this last Monday and has already been hitting the ground running. And uh, it's like trial by fire because we've got, uh, we're gonna be coming back together for New Life Weekend and then obviously we're talking about reopening details as well. And so she's gonna be very busy to get us started. So we're excited to have her with us. Um, I saw that David Booth has joined us so, David, if you can hear me and you're listening, I've got like 50, a lot, a whole lot of people on my screen right now, so I can't even find you. Um, but, David, I would love for you to take uh, 30 seconds to a minute and introduce yourself uh, once again and, uh, and just what you're excited about as well.
2: You are muted. So You've got to unmute yourself. Okay, you know, that, that's not voting well. And I can't figure out the mute button there um hey everybody my name is david i uh currently live in minnesota but i'm incredibly excited to be coming out there and joining the team at life church Uh, it is a crazy story on how this all unfolded i'd love to get to know you and let's dive into that dive into that i think god has been at work in this and i'm I'm just excited to join the team and um see what god's going to do there and so Thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of the journey.
0: Yeah. My wife, oh, you should probably also get to know my wife is Naomi. Some of you had the chance to meet her.
2: I've got two
3: boys,
0: uh, Bear and
2: Foster. They're two and one. They're crazy. And uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll love getting to know you because they're great. Yeah,
0: that's me. Awesome. Thanks, David. <laughs> And I have it on good authority that uh, there's another twins fan and Vikings fan. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. Very much so. You didn't, you didn't mention his position. That might be helpful. Oh yeah. So
0: yes, he's going to be joining our worship team and, uh, and heading up some of the musical stuff and technical stuff and helping out with some social media as well. Um, And then there's, there's a few more details that you received in the letter about, uh, both Bridget and David, as well as Stephen, And so I've attached that uh, document. It's a Google Doc, so everybody should have access to it in the chat box. So if at any point you have questions about some of those details, it's in written form there too. Uh, but now I'm going to turn it over to Nathan, and uh, he's going to take it away.
2: Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it. Guys, if you, if you can see me, if you hear me, if you're excited to be here at another Zoom meeting, Just like put your hands in the air and wave them and clap and and do that. Bridget, I don't see your hands in the air. There you go. Doing the wave. That would be be great. Um, Guys, I'm so grateful you're here. For those who are listening later, I know many of you couldn't make time for it. You're important to us. Of course, questions are always welcome. To reach out just reiteration, you can put those chat in the chat right now. If you prefer it's anonymous, you could just say, hey, anonymous, Jared will keep it anonymous. Um, That way, if you feel comfortable, you can do that. I am going to go through that document. We sent it out last night tried to let you guys know about it but of course we want to walk through that there's a lot of information a lot of moving parts so we thought it would be really good to make sure that we got that into your hands as partners first plus we want to hear from you as partners we want to get feedback and before we announce to the rest of the church um, this you guys are crucial and i know that you guys um, being made aware of what things are going on ahead of time just benefits everybody Um, so i know our leadership team's on the call our staff's on the call well, wow and um, it's gonna be a great opportunity. I may lean on them to answer some of the questions that you may have. So uh, if we don't get to your question, we will follow up with it afterwards. And a reminder, when we start asking questions, if you're like, cool, I'm good, you can peace out without feeling like it's awkward for anybody. But if you wanna stick around for all the questions or until yours is answered, if we have time for it, um, that would be great. We're here to do the best we can to inform you. Before we go any further, um, though, I wanna pray pray um, and just ask God to be in the meeting. If you could just close your eyes for a moment. I know it's Zoom. I know you can have a million things up while you're listening to me or doing other things. It's totally okay. But for a moment, could we just pause together as uh, the partners of this church and, uh, and ask God for his guidance? God, I am convinced that you are doing something amazing. I'm convinced that you are doing something to transform our city and our world. That you are using this crisis, the multiple crises we're in, to transform the world and to transform your church. That you have work for Life Church Canton to do. And our job is to find it, get behind it, to get behind what you are doing. So I pray in this moment as we listen that you would open our ears to hear. And that you would allow me to speak clearly to avoid confusion so that we can get behind what you're doing, so that we can see you move in even greater ways. We trust you, God, even when the world is in chaos, especially because the world is in chaos. We love you. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited, we're gonna cover quite a bit um, and I want you to be able to write down questions and send them to Jared. Uh, It's a 10 page, you know, information storm. So I'm sure if you've had a chance to read through it, you might have questions if you haven't had a chance to read through it I'm going to try to cover it without reading it verbatim um, so that we can make sure that we're on the same page I know some of you are visual people some of you are audio people Um, some of you people struggle to learn I get it (laughs) it's just a hard thing and we want to grasp it and understand it not so just so that you can have understanding but that you can help other people um, and their understanding of what's going on as we you know let more people know small groups that kind of thing so First of all, I want to say that um, when we set out this year to go into 2020, you know, I thought we'd be focusing on discipleship i thought that we would be focusing on an opportunity to um, see us move forward in diversity i thought we'd be spending our time in prayer and i thought you know we'd be working forward towards having uh so you know some women preach from the stage that's what i thought and i thought this is going to be a year for us to to really invest and to rest and to seek God out, you know, having 2020 vision for the future. And um, I was shocked by many of you, like many of you, about what we actually got this year. This year has been absolutely, incredibly difficult. I'm pleased to say that we have moved forward and all of the things that I wanted to move forward in. But it looks way different than I thought. And instead of a year of rest, a year of, of um just hunkering down a little bit we're hunkering down in a very different way (laughs) we're, we're seeing so much change rapid change i really think that this time has pressure cooked it and when you use a pressure cooker you can take a roast and you can take something that takes all day and it can go five times as fast and i believe that the church is being rapidly progressed towards the direction it was going to by like five years and i'm not over exaggerating and so when we have adjusted to this, I I uh, I'm excited to see what God has done. But man, it is difficult. Being in that pressure is not a fun place to be. And I know many of you have been very blessed uh, as I've had conversations with you during the season. But many of you have been through some of the most difficult times in your entire life. So I want to acknowledge that and acknowledge that God is good in the midst of that. I'm excited to see all of you in less than a week. Like. I am so excited for those who are willing to come. Um, I'm so excited for us because we're going to bookend this entire pandemic with New Life Weekend. We're going to bookend this pandemic with baptisms and celebrating how good God is. And anytime God took Israel through a difficult um, season, they would celebrate, stop, and remember what God is doing. And that's what New Life Weekend is. New Life Sunday is all about remembering what God has done. I want to thank each and every one of you because you have been the backbone of what's happening here, whether that's conversations, investing financially, investing your time, you know, finding, learning technology that you never wanted to learn, um, doing incredible things. You've made a huge difference. You've really done whatever it takes and, and it's wherever it takes us. And right now it's taken us to a new world, um, a new digital world and a new reality. I was running the other day outside. Um, obviously, I don't like running inside and I don't really like running outside, but I was doing it. and. Uh, um, I was running and I was like passing litter on the ground and realized that there was masks everywhere. And I was thinking how bizarre that would have been, uh, uh, you know, six months ago to see masks as litter. And it's just a small moment when you realize well things are not the same anymore. And it can be disheartening, but you guys have stuck it out and moved through that uh, because of what you've done and in inviting people to church. 50 people, have given their lives to Jesus during the time that we have been in the digital realm that has actually reached out and let us know. There's been conversations with, with um, people who would never show up to church, literally. People have been working uh, on individuals that they care about for years, and then they finally watched one of the services together online. Um, there's been so many opportunities, and I'm, I'm just kind of overwhelmed. Uh, you know, we, I've seen people watching and commenting from all over the world literally all over the world who are watching and interacting with what we're doing. And um, there's a really cool moment to someone who uh, hasn't been to our church or started attending church during the digital realm wanted to help and and will actually the first time they've been here um, since they started attending um, will be to shoot pictures for New Life weekend. So they're already serving. I think that's incredible. just a bizarre, unique time, and yet God is moving through that. Uh, we are seeing God move in new ways um, in the way that we're supporting our network. So our network of churches, they all of them meet in schools. So they've had a very difficult time because they can't meet in schools anymore and they may not be able to meet in the schools they did ever again. Because of the way that things are changing. So we've been able to be a resource to our network with Life Church Livonia being able to shoot some of their services here. Um, And then Life Church Southfield on the 28th is coming out to do a concert at the pavilion. Um, we've been able to support Life Church Auburn Hills with some technology needs. And then Life Church Riverside, which is our first one in Detroit, first church of many in Detroit, I believe, with Pastor Georgia Hill, is recording her preview services in our church. And I'm pleased to announce that um, on either the 18th or the 25th of October, Pastor Georgia Hill will be the first woman to preach on a weekend service in our church. And so look forward to that. That's really exciting. So we're nailing down the date, um, but we've always had the pastors who are launching churches preach from our stage. and. So we're, we're um, kind of hitting two birds with one stone there. Um, and I'm excited about that and the partnerships moving forward. God's good. He's doing incredible things. I could go on and on about some of the small groups and what they're doing. But I want you to know that God is moving. And even if you may not be able to see it because we're so far apart, God is moving. You know, we went through Ephesians, the series. I really loved it. It was hard and challenging and difficult but one of my favorite verses is Ephesians 2:10 and it talks about how he who did a good work in you will carry it on to completion um but that's a different one actually i think that's uh, that's uh, uh philippians um but the Ephesians 2:10 it says that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he has prepared in advance for you to do and i remember preaching on that and saying like god isn't surprised by covid God isn't surprised about the 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 flare up of of social injustice that's becoming people are becoming aware of for the very first time. He wasn't surprised by how long this would take or the issues that we're having. He's not surprised. And he has placed each of us, especially those who have said I'm here, I'm a partner, I'm invested. He's placed us here and has things for us to do, which means he's in control. We just need to get behind it. Um, I shared a little bit earlier about Moses and how Moses would plead with God to go before them. And he said, I won't leave until you're leading us. And, and God says, yeah, I'm with you go and find rest. And he's like, no, 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 seriously, I'm not going anywhere unless you go before us and how God honored that. And we want to honor God in the way that we move forward. I'm excited, um, I really am i'm excited to get back together with with those who are feeling comfortable doing that Um, but i'm also excited about how we are transitioning and changing and growing and adapting i'll be talking a little bit about that and most of our questions will be on it but i want to talk about our staffing changes i think it's important that you know where that's uh, headed and we talked and saw from them just a moment ago Um, but we are excited about Bridget Reynolds. Um, She's already serving as a volunteer coordinator as well as leading first impressions. She is bringing um, so much to it, so much excitement. She's been involved for a while. Also, being able to bring the second person of color on staff is pretty exciting to me. And uh, especially someone who has already invested herself and her family in um, that important ministry by being part of Be the Bridge for a significant period of time. That's exciting to me as well. Um, So her and her husband and children have been partners, and I'm just excited to see what they can do um, especially since we'll be reopening and we need someone who can make that as best as possible a good first impression for people who are coming in person so this is a big a bigger one and we already met david booth and i want to talk a little bit about stephen canfield um, there's a letter below if you haven't had a chance to read it Read it, but the long and short of it is that Stephen Canfield will be transitioning out of full-time vocational ministry here at Life Church Canton over the next six weeks, and he's going to be changing to a career in the secular workforce. So he's going to be here; he's going to stay here. Sarah's going to stay as our director, and he is going to be transitioning. That's pretty massive. Um, That's a that's a big deal, a big transition for his family, and uh, you can see in the letter Stephen's thoughts, which you can read. But Steven and I have been talking about this for a significant period of time, just talking about how he's doing. And, and recently he has found this, idea this understanding that you know he's feeling like i'm not i'm no longer called to this i'm called to ministry but in a different way i'm called to ministry in the workforce and um, i'm excited about that i'm excited about his relief and um, the feeling of release that he has Um, and i we want to honor him well in the midst of that that's a massive transition Um, but it's one that i'm excited to have to be able to have someone um, move from being on staff to in the church, to be a partner and um, to start serving in his own way while he pursues what God's leading him to um, I, I have only seen that a couple times and I'm excited for that and thankful for Steven and his heart and what he's trying to do and how he's trying to do that well, trying to utilize all of the relationships that he's um, made, all of the volunteers that he's developed and give a healthy transition and guide those people to David. So David Booth will be taking that position Um, They'll be working together for about four weeks once David gets up here so they can hand it off well, and then Stephen will be stepping back from ministry and pursuing um, something new. I encourage you to go talk to him. I know he's been able to talk to many of the people in his team as we kind of have our circles of communication uh, and read his letter, but be praying for him and his family. To put a career into ministry and then to step away from that is a difficult thing to do. But I know that Stephen will be able to do it and do it well. And I'm grateful for his willingness to be open and to work with us in the midst of this season, especially since he cares deeply and has been a part of the growth and and success of what we've been doing. So that's that's big and that's different. Um, I encourage you to reach out to him if you have questions or reach out to us in the midst of that. And so David will be taking um, that position on. He'll be starting work uh, hopefully on September 8th, which is super quick. He f- probably feels like it's, it may be too far away, but for us, we're excited that he's coming up so quickly um, to hand off the team well. We are pleased to have him. Um, you know, he, he was part of a pool of people that we were interviewing for the associate role. And we realized it wasn't the right timing back in February. Um, And with the skills and and things he brought to the team, it wasn't right, quite the right fit at that point in time. And where he could tell you the story, it's crazy um, just where he was. But um, after we learned uh, after, while we were learning about Steven and his transition, we decided to go back to David and David's whole story had shifted and changed. And we're excited to, to bring him on, the team and his passion for worship. Um, but he's also passionate about what we're passionate about. I remember, um, I remember him, you know, talking in our first interviews in February and just saying, hey, man, this is pursuing diversity and worship is so important that if I need to be um, just completely out of the picture because I'm not diverse in those respects, like, just, just do it. Just like, hey, man, whatever, man, because what your vision have is so important. So we're excited to bring him along as he helps us continue to pursue that purpose. It is kind of with Jared who came and interviewed who was more diverse in the way that he led worship and then that not working out. And then us bringing David on there could have been some confusion. So I want you to help people if they're like, Hey, wait, what's going on here? Um, Cause the styles, obviously David brings a style that's similar to Steven's, but we're still interested and are actually in interviews right now with another um, a diverse candidate to be an associate worship pastor as well. Now, if that works out, That'll be phenomenal, Um, but we want to make sure that David's a part of that process as we are hiring someone that will be working with him. So while we're strongly committed to that diversity in worship and we're going to see it happen, we're also going to see it continue to happen as we develop the people on our team um, uh, and see it. Now, here's the thing. When I say diversity in worship, uh, sometimes people think I'm saying exclusively gospel or I'm saying exclusively something. What I'm saying in that is that we have um, this beautiful tapestry of people That in the end of times, we're going to worship um, in spirit and truth in every tongue, every tribe, every nation. And we are surrounded in Detroit with all of these different types of worship, whether it's gospel or it's it's a little more indie or whatever you want to talk about. There is diversity there. And the goal of all of diversity and when we do this is not to say to change the style completely or do anything. It's actually to create something new. But the goal is that we would look like worship is going to look like at the end that we would be able to experience that now see all of it is for us to engage and to be in worship and be authentic in that and i believe that wholeheartedly that David, he's probably a little more excited about that than I am. Um, but that is what he wants to lead us into, building on the investment that has already been made by Stephen and, and teams before. So that's interesting. Uh, I'll probably have questions about that and I will answer those later. Finally, I wanna talk about something that's equally as important all of, as all of this, is our youth director process. We've continued our hiring process for our youth director. Um, it is kind of, I think it's crucial to our movement forward. Our youth have gone through. a significant amount of transitions and are in a significant amount of transition in their life outside of the church as we talk one of the important things about opening is my kids aren't going to have anywhere to go except home for a little bit and the safe start and the church becomes a place where they can interact and and uh, grow in relationships as well as understand who god is for youth this is a crucial time. So for us, we are being patient in our hiring process. We are looking for someone with experience, someone with passion for youth ministry, long-term youth ministry, and someone who's gonna bring, um, who understands where the youth program is right now, And is willing to be a self-starter and build a program around that jared is spearheading it but i'm also involved in the interview process and we are committed to doing and finding the right person Um, so please if you could do anything even if you don't have students um, in that age range or they're coming up in that age range pray because we need to see god move in huge ways now that was a whole lot of things. Uh, Jared, is there anything that was mi- unclear that I need to touch on? Nope. Okay. All right. So here's the big one. Uh, I want to talk through, and I'm going to try to do it as succinctly as possible, knowing it's a complex issue, but reopening, we are reopening, um, the church. Uh, we are starting on the 30th with an outdoor meeting, which if it rains, we will move indoors since we have a plan for indoor ministry. Um, I don't want that to be confusing. So from now on, I'm going to be speaking exclusively about September 6th, which is Labor Day weekend, and from then on. This is when what we're going to be speaking about. We are going, uh, but before I get to that, I want to talk about why. One of the things that, um, unfortunately, we've had to deal with, not only physical um, uh, and health issues, is mental and spiritual and emotional health issues. Um, Also, there's people who need to grow in those things, but we have seen some marriages suffer. We've seen some people be suffering, um, who are suffering. Depression and those kinds of things have been on a rise. um, Something that we've been spending a lot more time in, and those are the things that we are aware of. Uh, There are those who are joining our digital community and are so connected, it's so cool. There are great things that are happening there. People who come in for the very first time, and experience everything digital, whether it's meet the pastor um, or an ally taking care of them, and that, or they're joining a small group online um, and getting involved there, or they're taking some of our life journey courses. We're seeing for the first time great success in a purely digital experience. But there are also those who are having trouble connecting that way, or those in the church who connected to Life Church in person. And they are feeling disconnected. They are struggling to watch the digital experience. And they are, some of them are soldiering through it. And others are just like, I am over it. I'm done with it. Not because of the quality, although sometimes we've had issues with that with technology, but because it just doesn't feel the same to them. For the good of the people who want and desire that, um, we have decided to reopen. For those who want to come back, we wanna do that. We are committed to seeing a digital experience continue to grow as well as our in-person experience. We are committed to the safety of our church moving forward. And so this plan we've put forward is is what we believe is the safest way for those who are ready to come back to be a part of what's going on. Our church, I'm guessing if it's actually 50-50, um, people who choose to stay at home or choose to come in. I think it's going to be about 50-50. It might even be 60-40. 60% stay home and 40% come. Um, and that's okay. We want to make sure that as we communicate every single time that this isn't about better than or anything else or political views or whether masks are effective or not. Now, all of that doesn't matter. Um truly to what we're trying to do, which is to come together, love each other, worship God together as a community in person and online, and do it in a way that honors each other and doesn't create division. Uh, We have spent a lot of time watching organizations, watching churches that have opened, watching churches that have opened with no masks um, and people who have opened with masks and different um, you know, cleaning procedures, all that kind of stuff. We've been paying attention since the very beginning Um, towards this. We've been looking, of course, at the legal ramifications, what the governor is doing. We've been spending a significant amount of time. We've actually also had a relaunch task force with people outside of the church and inside to start thinking about how do we do church better? If we have to reset, is there a way to do it better? Um, and all of this here, including this meeting, is a chance for us to explain this to you, see if there's confusion, hear feedback from you, and then even create maybe a frequently asked questions page so that when we send it out to the church later this week, that we have prepared as best we can for what is about to happen. Um, I want you to know, from the bottom of my heart, my heart in this is, is not to say, hey, everybody, come back to church, right? It's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is through surveying and all the things that we've seen, we know that people want to come back to church. And for those who are willing, for those who are willing to look at what we're doing in regards to safety and to come and be a part of it, um, then we want to be open. We also want to make sure that we are respecting everyone. So if you're a person who doesn't believe that masks actually do anything in order to come to church, You're going to wear a mask because it's what's helpful and good and loving for everyone else. And if you're a person who's like, it's crazy to come back in person or it's unwise to come back in person, don't come in person until you are safe, feeling safe and secure and ready to do that. We want people to do and really trust that they're going to be prayerful about this and also to respect people who are coming and respect the community by following at the heart and intent of some of these um, restrictions and precautions that we're putting forward. Um, I want to respect and love everyone, and I know that you guys can do that really, really, really well. Um, so I'm I'm grateful for you as partners. I'm gonna take a quick breather because I'm talking a lot, and I'm, my mouth's getting tired. I know you think as pastors we never get tired talking. It's not true. I run out of words quite literally. I run out of words. I can't say words anymore. It gets bad, but. <clears throat> all right so what i want to do now is i'm going to go through the summary of what it's going to look like and then we'll answer questions we wanted to set aside a significant portion of time to answer questions uh, because this is an interesting and possible potentially confusing time on the 30th which is new life weekend or new life sunday we are going to have a gathering at 9 30 and 11:15. 15. from that point on our gathering times will be 9:30 and 11:15. On New Life Weekend, we have, run, um, we have run Ethernet out so that we can do an online service at 9.30 and 11.15, two separate services. We are going to continue to do that moving forward, meaning now people will be able to go online at 9.30 or 11.15 and participate in what's happening we know that when it's not live anymore it's kind of harder to do that that's the feedback we're getting but when it's live and when you can see people there you are more engaged so we want to offer more opportunities to do that so from now on 9 30 and 11 15 will be the case we're also looking for other digital experiences that we can do outside of the sunday morning to help people connect especially those who do not feel comfortable coming in person Obviously, we will have an FM transmitter and we will be able to do social distancing for the 30th, but the FM transmitter won't be available uh, moving forward uh, week to week. We'll get to that in a moment. We are going to have people indoors for the adult service in the auditorium, the balcony and the cafe inside that hallway. Is going to be kind of blocked off for the kids' area. We'll see more about that. But essentially, there's going to be a hallway straight back, utilizing the current TVs and the current audio equipment in the lobby to do that. The pavilion will be the other seating opportunity. Now, the pavilion, we're going to be able to seat people on the pavilion under the overhang. And then if we have overflow, Um, more than we have inside fills up completely Then other people can go out to the pavilion. That will be social distancing. And if you love Ron, he will be the pastor out there. Ron is convinced that he is just going to communicate to so many people. They're not even going to come inside because they want to hang out with Ron. And I kind of actually believe him. (laughs) So uh, we'll have a TV out there that will be live streaming Um, like you would at home, but you'll be with people. Ron will be your pastor and we'll be doing some stuff at the beginning, saying hi, and then being available afterwards. And of course you'll be able to tithe out there as well as inside the building that's going to be our safest option. Our hope is to see how well that goes over and to utilize the amazing pavilion we have as long as possible in the, um, in the inclement weather. Um, as it gets colder, it may be harder to do that, but we will have a roof which works very well. So we'll be able to um, ensure that there'll always be an option up until, you know, the death that is the Michigan winter. Um, but at that point, we will reevaluate some of our other facilities across the street to see if we can continue to do that in two months, things may change significantly. So that's what we're doing for Did our- you
0: clarify that death thing.
2: Yeah, the death of winter, meaning the the barren landscape of tundra that is Michigan that just sucks the life out of my soul. That, that's what I was referring to, Ron. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be great. Not you, Ron. You're going to live forever. Um, that's biblical. <laughs> uh, we um, also will be having life kits on September 6th. It'll be limited form, meaning we only have so much space available. So you'll be the only signups we're going to have are for life kids that will freak that will restrict the amount of people who will come to each gathering because we will only have so many spots available to life kids now those who don't have kids will be able to come but we have found that a lot of people with kids are only going to come if they can bring their kids so that'll be one of the limitations we'll have that will keep our numbers um, at a manageable place for our adults Life Journey will continue to meet on the weekend and during the week, we'll be able to do some weekend activities at at the Annex, meaning we will continue to do the the digital stuff, but we will have um, Life Journey stuff available. Um, It's going to be incredible. In fact, we're launching a brand new class uh, course called Transform that I'm very excited about. It's one of my favorite of all of them so life journey has done very well in this season and has been able to adapt and will continue to adapt to the digital landscape for those who are not willing to come in don't worry we are not quitting digital life journey it's just uh, it's been proving too fruitful we are trying to make sure it's better and better and better masks are required in the building so if you are in the building you'll be required to wear masks That's for the safety of every single person there Um, the band will not be wearing masks um, or the preacher once they leave their position on stage they will be wearing masks for the rest of the time the more information and this is kind of more general and more of the safety precautions i'm going to breeze through in the next moment you can see the link to lifechurchcanton.org reopen that'll be the splash page that we'll direct people to and it's frankly more focused on the individual coming I'm going to burn through these really quick and get to some of the more details. So um, if you have any symptoms of COVID at all, we are asking that you do not come. One thing I forgot to mention is that we will temperature check every kid. and We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, right now, we won't be temper, uh, temperature checking the adults at this point, but it is one of the safety things that we may implement later. If you traveled by air in the past 14 days, stay home, although I just saw the CDC change that, um, that, they, that it's the same um, limitations that you would have as daily, you know, if you've been in contact with anyone and, and so forth. But anyways, we'll update it as we go. And I want to make sure I fact check everything because you know how reliable. The internet is these days. Um, So if you're part of a vulnerable population or people in your household are vulnerable, please stay home or go out to the pavilion where it's safer. Um, We're asking to wear your mask in the building. We ask that everyone respect the comfort levels of the people around them, six feet apart. We've adjusted. We will not be having anything in the cafe, no coffee or anything like that. I know that's a huge bummer. You can bring your coffee and you can bring me one too. Uh, That would be great. Um, So we are making sure that we don't uh, have as many, we're limiting the amount of touch points that we have um, for safety. So open doors, our greeters will get the door so you don't have to. We'll be able to exit out the uh, never eat west side um, so that if you go into the auditorium, you can just leave right out there. Um, In fact, we're encouraging people to leave out those doors who do not have kids. So we'll be limiting uh, contact. And no hugs, no handshakes, or even high fives. So we're um, choosing not to do that. If we do communion, we will be making sure that um, you're able to get it in a sterilized way. Um, Cups and everything will be able to be picked up. They won't be handed out, including our, we will be now having boxes for the offering that you can put your offering in, even if you, when you come in, whenever you feel like it on the way out, Um, that's what we're doing. We also encourage everybody to do it digitally. We're really grateful for everybody who sends in checks every week, and we want you to be part part of that Um, and so that will be something that you can do we will have boxes and specific places you can do that no drinking fountains but the bathrooms will be open Uh, please use the bathrooms as needed try to go to the bathroom before you come to church and all that but we understand things happen all right so the main service will have auditorium how are we gonna safely distance people well we're gonna put all of our chairs out every single row of chairs all the way out And what we're going to do is we're going to have ushers bringing people to seats. The ushers will only seat the even rows during the 930 and the odd rows at the 1115, thereby creating space between individuals and making sure that we can clean. Uh, We don't have to clean in between gatherings, which would not be feasible, but that we can clean after everybody has left we also will be able to have three chairs in between family units to create six feet of space so the ushers will be able to put people into rows and say hey you're a family unit of eight great if you're a family unit of five you know we can put two people on the very end and so forth so ushers can be really important um, that we move uh, people forward so exiting out the west doors we're going to use the same utilization for the balcony Um, the cafe we will use rows and the two existing tvs everything's kind of the same there The pavilion is our safest social distancing option. So we will have people socially distance out there. Um, You know, people don't have to wear their masks out there, but we recommend that, especially for those around you. Um, And we'll have a large TV with the live stream and Ron Wrightson will be doing that. So digital, we will have a live stream, both at 9.30 and 11.15 with a dedicated pastor. So if the pavilion gets Ron, then the online service gets Al. And Al is fantastic. He will do an incredible job and already has been um, reaching out to people, just crushing it. Like, I can't, we got, I think someone, whoever decided to hire him was a very smart person who had no idea how prophetic he was in hiring that individual and making a job for him. I'm just gonna pat myself on the back, but really it's for Al. Al's amazing and he's gonna serve as the online pastor. That's his job, as well as some service managers that you've already seen who are volunteer doing a great job. Uh, helping out so no handouts no connect cards we're going to be trying to make sure we overemphasize the digital connect card Um, for those of you who in love with life monthly it is dead and gone it's not coming back but we'll be using our now page and some of the things on there as we try to make our digital experience better and better and better Um, so no shuttles no golf carts that means our auditorium um, Our auditorium and CAF can be 160 to 200 people, depending on how we can fill up the seats, which is significant. Then our overflow can have 30 to 40. Our pavilion can have 35 plus to how many people want to sit out in the field as well. And then you can see some of the uh, restrictions, but essentially we're gonna have about 45 kids that can come safely with volunteers in the room. Life Journey is continuing to do um, online, talked a little bit about that. Life kids, I'm gonna burn through this one real quick. No touch points. Um, They're doing a lot of really good work in the lobby. There's gonna be safe distance and essentially no parents are going back in. Only volunteers are going in to get kids. So that way we're limiting exposure they're doing a great job getting ready they're going to do face coverings are provided for those who need them we have a limited number Um, you can see that two to four years old is optional but we encourage it and five years old to adult is absolutely required for mask inside we're going to do a ton of sanitizing. You can read all about that. We talked in lesson materials and they have some great ideas for having personalized Um, One kid has the same thing all the way through and and there's some good stuff with social distancing as well. The big thing is is registration. So we will be registering kids. Um, And that's really, really important at the 930 and 1115 Life Youth right now, our digital offerings will continue. Our hope is to have in person services as soon as we have hired someone and have reserved space in the annex to have that um, at this point. I just burned through quite a bit of information. My um, hope and what I have done as we are, as we've looked at this has been very impressed with the amount of work that the staff has done to make sure that it's healthy and safe. And so we have really watched other churches watched for best practices. Other churches have opened quicker than us. We have been very methodical in making sure that we make the right decision because we are committed to the digital experience and the in person which means I'm expanding the amount of work that the staff has to do. So we're gonna be very intentional how we do it and also put things in place that if we need to increase safety measures, we can. Um, and if we need to increase things to reach other people groups, we can, but we're doing what we feel is right um, and good and safe. Uh, we have uh, you know, continual talks every week, about things that change in the community. So we're committed to continuing um, to approach this as, as safely and uh, as possible. but do also meet the needs of people who, um, who need help and who would like to be together and who are feeling disconnect, potentially feeling disconnected in this season. So that was a significant amount of stuff. I'm sure I didn't cover everything, but I wanted to make sure we had a chance to answer questions.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Nathan. And I just want to say again, um, because we had a few more people sign on after we had gotten started. We can't thank you enough for being part of this. This is so uh, heartwarming for me just to see your commitment and your level of of investment and the whole reason we feel it's necessary to call you partners, not members, because we believe that you contribute to so much of what we do Um, and, and your feedback is really important. And so I was able to take, uh quite a few questions very grateful for your questions as well uh, you can keep them coming if you want to um, and i'll try to keep up as quickly as possible uh, but nathan the first question was you started talking about uh temperature checks for kids but not for adults is there a reason why temp checks temp checks just for kids only
2: um for kids although we're we're um The main reason is just for flow to get people in and out and asking people to take care of themselves. I believe saying like, Hey, if you are feeling like you have a temperature, stay home Um, and kind of making sure that we, we, uh, with kids, it's a little bit harder. Sometimes they don't know how they're feeling. So we're relying on people on being responsible um, and and doing that. It is something that we could add back in if uh, um, enough people were saying, Hey, I'm not coming unless you do temperature checks it would slow down some things It um, would mean we need to purchase a few more things. Uh, but we felt as we planned it, that that was appropriate and okay. But again, part of what we're doing here is to get feedback.
0: Yeah. Great. And if at any point you have a follow-up to something else, uh, go ahead and put that in the chat. And uh, question. Yeah. Uh, Another one, if someone gets COVID after attending the service, are we going to ask them to let the church know and will the membership be alerted?
2: Yeah, um, so it's it's been fun to not fun. None of this has been that fun. Um, I, I've been able to watch what other um, what school districts, especially, have been doing, and and you know, announcing people getting sick is, is is squirrely for them because of the restrictions on not revealing medical conditions with us. What we have done is, if if you have received COVID, if you have COVID and you've attended and you found out afterwards. We obviously ask you to stay home, but to let us know. And then if we accumulate enough people where it became like, yeah, there's three people who, or five people who all got it and they were all attending church, we may at that point choose to take a couple weeks off of in-person care. Um, so we, the way we would alert people to that is by saying essentially, hey guys, we're going to, we've had, uh, you know, we had a, a, enough evidence for us to under, to see that this is the case Um, I think we have to be very careful not to out people and not to create those experiences. But for instance, um, we are really, we're really uh, trying to protect people. And so if it became clear that there was an issue in say a kid's room, we would probably contact um, the kids in that room and say, hey, because we could track that. Whereas tracking people who come into church is a little bit difficult. So if it was a kid's room saying, hey, someone had COVID in this room, they would probably let the kids know without saying who it was. Um, and frankly, because we can't do that, um, that's not appropriate. But we can say, hey, there were five kids in this group, they had COVID, you may want you may want to observe them to see if they have any um, kind of symptoms. Because it's not necessarily the case that they got it, but they could have spread it. But we believe that the masks and the things that we are doing will keep that from spreading. Um, and we have been watching and I have not, I've been watching a lot of churches, churches that, from I think like the, from the very beginning just chose to meet without masks this entire time. And I'm actually trying to find situations where there was an outbreak to see how they handled it. And it's been very difficult to find those. I believe that we will be, um, we will have, um, success doing it this way. But if it becomes clear that it's more than just a coincidence, we will probably alert the congregation by saying, hey, guys, we're going to take a break for a week um, to make sure that not more people got infected there. But if we're limiting touch points and we are wearing masks and we aren't touching each other, um, we, we, uh, we should be fine. But again, we might not be. So we will make sure that we let people know. Um, kids, for sure but if uh, in a way that's respectful for whoever may have, uh, may have brought an infection um, in um, with, unknowingly um, and for the adults to see if we have a trend of any kind.
0: Great. Yeah, it's um, scary Scott, it's hard. This is uh, basically, the, I think this is kind of the same question but just I'm gonna say it anyway um, because I'm not the expert on this. Uh, will we be doing contact tracing if one of our members reports becoming ill after being at church? And I think you'd kind of address that, but anything else you would add to that?
2: Nothing I would ask. Add, but no. Um, we'll be looking for trends and trying to, to. Um, I I guess what you would say with kids, to reiterate, if there's a kid who gets COVID within the, the time frame that they attended church, the person within that classroom, which will be a limited number, the other kids will be to say hey check out for this this is important it may have something that spread um and then for we will look for trends any trends um that we have in the gathering yeah so the larger gathering will be trends and if we see that okay. as far as following up on who did you know there's a limitation to what we can do
0: awesome there are some other genres of questions but um i'm gonna stay with the theme for a moment more and ask this question how are you counting people and how will you be turning people away
2: yes so we won't be turning people away um which is the good news not that we will keep packing people in but that the overflow um at the pavilion it will serve as an overflow as well so if you get there later and we run out of space We will take you to the overflow what we have found and across the board in our own experience with some of the things we tried earlier in other places if you do sign ups what ends up happening is people don't come anyways or they it becomes a barrier to them coming so because we have an overflow option that is our safest option we're going to be able to move people in plus with the auditorium depending on how people show up we know how many rows we have and how many seats there is a 40 person swing based on if a bunch of people show up and they're all sing like one person, well, I've got to put three in between and then I put another person, I get three people in a row. Well, that's very different than the, the seven people I can put in a row with a family of five and two on the end. Um, so we're going to be moving forward. So we'll be filling us up in the balcony, in the auditorium, in the cafe. And then once people, it's like, hey, we're out of room. Um, hey, well, let's, let's take you out to the, to the pavilion and um, try to get you to come a little bit earlier the next time. The limitation with kids is that they got to sign up ahead of time. So kids have got to sign up ahead of time to come. That will limit the amount of people come with the amount of space that we can socially distance well with the amount of people we can do and the amount of people who filled out the survey. Um, we feel strongly that we are going to be fine. However, if it becomes an issue um, and we're turning people away or uh, too much, we may anticipate doing a ticket system. Um, and of course, uh, the ticket meaning like a, uh, there's another term for it that sounds better, but essentially reserving a seat or reserving a spot. Well, we're not going to be able to have a ticket master where people go in and pick their, you know, that would be really awesome to have like
0: a ticket master. You pick the seat you want.
2: We're not going to be, be doing
0: that. Good question. All right, so three uh, related questions that came with that. When will we be registering kids for Life Kids? I'm pretty sure we can do that as soon as you want, right?
2: Um, let me, uh, Sarah, I know that the form is up. We'll could you answer this and then answer a follow-up question? Um, so the question would be, when can we do that for September 6th? And when would people be able to sign up for subsequent weeks?
3: Okay, well, the form is live right now. Um, if you go to the Life Kids website, we have the same ha- um, for- oh. sure.
0: I'll get the link
3: The link is, the link is- I asked Steven to put additional details to the Life Kids opening
2: is on
0: our page
3: along with the link to the form what's
0: everybody
2: laughing
3: about because you are you can't hear me
2: well you were you were talking like this so um so the link is on currently the now page the splash page which is reopen and then there's more details on the Page that's that's uh, Life Kids website is that correct? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. Okay. When can they sign up for? Uh, what point will they be able to sign up for the following Sunday?
1: Okay, do that.
2: No.
3: Sarah. Tori. Okay, I am yeah. coming out of Danny's speaker now because she called me. Um, so, um, my plan was, so we, I wanted to see how things went, um, with the first few weeks, um, with our capacity numbers. Cause the form, um, automatically limits space for certain age groups. So I wanted to take it week by week for the first couple weeks. And then after that, once we get a pretty good grasp on things, I wanted to have a set date that the form opens each week. Um. Because one of the things that I've noticed is places that are selling uh, reservations for places, they're intentionally not opening them too soon because people will just go in and take all the spots. So I still want there to be some level of first come, first serve. Um, So I'm going to have the forms open um, for people to register. I haven't completely decided, but... All of the data that I've collected, it seems like people are actually allowing registrations um, hours before the event. So I'm thinking I might just open it the day before. Great. Um, But that's up for discussion, of course, if someone else has a better idea.
2: Sarah, thank you so much. I think a lot of what we're going to be doing and part of why I wanted to launch on Labor Day weekend would be that lower numbers would allow us to to do some great things and, and learn and grow um, so i 'm grateful that you are keeping your eye on what happens and then getting feedback from the kids the parents the families. Now honestly, it may be that life kids is, is the reason that we go to three services in the future because we want to safely accommodate our kids, but we also don 't want to turn kids away. So being able to be flexible in the midst of that, thank you for that, and thank you for your willingness to, to keep, yeah, uh, of course. keep that open.
0: Thanks, Sarah. Sarah, via Dan. <laughs> Uh I'm married up, so there you go. Um, next question is, uh, are volunteers needed for the reopening process? Yes. Bridget, you like that question? Yes, we absolutely do. We need people who
2: are going to, ushers are a big part of that, and and Bridget is looking for those. It's a newer position service managers, kids. um, We do have a significant need. Um, If you are interested in volunteering, Please uh, contact Bridget at bridget.reynolds at lifechurchcanton.org as well. And she will be able to get you sorted to the right place uh, of where the need is. But that, yeah, we're going to need significant help in doing this well. Also, I have a big ask for all of our partners. I would like each of you to make some time, if you could, on August 29th to, do, uh, to join LifeWorks and cleaning up the facility, pulling weeds, cleaning stuff, doing a few things. There's opportunities to be outside completely as well as inside, and you can volunteer to help on that Saturday uh, by emailing sue.allen at lifechurchcanton.org. Sue can't be here for this one, but that was month's plan before. I will be
0: there as well. Um, There's a couple follow-ups, but also there there was more to that question. I can answer those quick as well. uh, So you can get a drink of water, Nathan. Thank you for uh, battling through all of this. Um, The the question was, are you going to enlist specific people for safety reasons? Um, And I would say, Bridget, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we'll enlist anybody who feels comfortable uh, helping in any specific way. Um, And then the the last question is, will masks be available if someone forgets or doesn't bring one? And we do have extra masks on hand as well. Um, And then I put put Bridget's email in the chat. Um, Lisa asks, so we're not using the services app?
1: I am still learning the services app one, and then two, I have created some different sign up sheets. Um, I've sign up Genius as well as a Google Form, so that will be emailed out. I'm, it's gonna be um, kind of baptism by fire by using using it. Um, So I'm gonna do my personal best and make sure that gets out. And if you're interested in signing up, please feel free to do so. That's what we need.
2: The services app is an app that we use to manage volunteers in um, worship and some other areas. So the question is about those who have invest, uh, in that, or been involved with First Impressions and those cafe have used the services app in the past just for anyone who's like, what are we talking about? Um, so yeah. Yep. So the email, Bridget, is a great way. And then again, Sue Allen's email's in there if you're interested in the
0: cleanup day with LifeWorks
2: on the 29th.
0: Great. Um, Somebody asked a question about uh, youth. What are our plans for youth on Sunday? And I assume they mean middle school to high school. Right now, the plan is to have them uh, join their families in the auditorium or whatever room, you know, pavilion that they choose. Um, I'm currently working with Shay, the intern he's on here. He's got a longer beard than me and glasses. And we're working on our plans um, in an interim to, to have some connection with students. Uh, we 're currently working for a plan for for Wednesday nights potentially um, but in, we we also really want to honor whoever the new hire is so that they can have some say into how that process unfolds uh, so I wanted to answer that one too um, i 've got some different questions not related necessarily to covid but um, and to reopening but here 's a question who is performing on behalf of life Church Southfield on august twenty eighth
2: Oh, yeah. So uh, August 28th, they are going to be doing a concert on our facility. We're grateful and be accommodating. I'll be there to do an opening prayer, but I was just asked him if I could come because they're going to do a concert and they're going to have a lot of fun. Um, I don't know what I have to look up at the, what the, if they're limiting exposure. I know that they're going to be doing some safety measures as well. Um, so I'm not aware. You probably go to their website if you wanted to come and attend. But they're going to be having the Southfield worship team as well as uh, an individual, his name is Herb, and he has a band and he will be performing as well. And for some reason, my brain just completely died on what his last name is. Um, Harris. What, Harris, yes, I knew it was another H word, but yeah. I was gonna say Harry, and that just sounded weird, Herb Harry, it's Herb Harris. Um, and so they're gonna be, have a lot of fun there. It's, it's exciting, um, they're, they're gonna have a great time. We're we're more than grateful. Uh, I just feel bad we're so far away from Southfield, but they're going to have a good time, be able to use the bathrooms and then use our amazing pavilion with their power and everything um, we're going to use. That pavilion has been such a gift to us. Um, So grateful for those who have invested in it, um, especially the Garvey's who, um, who it was David's Eagle Project. David was playing, if you don't know, David was playing bass this morning um, and his Eagle Project Along with his brothers, um, to do everything that you see out of the pavilion it's probably the most massive eagle project I've ever heard of, and we are used couldn't have known couldn't have known how important that place would be
0: yeah uh, this one is a volunteer question will there be needs for greeters for new life weekend and again, I would say yes, uh, but connect with Bridget uh, as she is coordinating all of that and once again her email address is in the chat box. Um, This is a good question. How do we define diversity overall? There's there's several questions that go along with it, so I'm just going to rattle them all off, Nathan, and then you you go from there. How do we define diversity overall? We are curious as we only see us diversifying in style and staffing through one of many important strands of diversity, i.e. race. What is our overall objective in focusing on diversity? Is it better to reflect the community of Canton Is it to diversify in certain strands of diversity? Something else, appreciate the clarity. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, Yeah, try to make sure I'm I'm hearing hearing the question um, well. So when I say diversity, um, what I mean about diversity is that we represent our congregation well, which pulls from Canton and pulls from Westland. From all over the place. So as we have grown in the different colors of skin and backgrounds in our congregation, we want uh, both our staff to reflect it and to continue to grow in it. Um, as we continue to grow in those who are Indian uh, in our population as well, that would have an effect as we grow. As Canton has a large Indian population as well, but primarily what I'm talking about in diversity is to to reflect in the worship, which is what we primarily think about, but worship and teaching and leadership, approaches to discipleship, approaches to um, community, uh, approaches to justice. All of these things, there's diverse approaches that are based on the backgrounds of the individual that all reflect a piece of what God is doing in, in Revelations like I talked about earlier. So our heart is to look like Revelations now, to reach as many people as possible, but also to make sure that those who look different than my skin tone, um, that they feel like this is their home and their place and that they're part of it. So we're not just on staff, but on leadership team, on nominating committee and small groups, we wanna see a diverse group of people there. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about diversity. Uh, I hope that answers that question well enough. Jared, was there an aspect I didn't quite mention yet? Oh, it's right there. We are. curious. We only see us diversifying, styling, and staffing through one many parts strands of diversity, race. Yeah. Um, the objective. I'm focusing. I think I covered that well. It's not just to reflect Canton, but the whole area around us. I think I'm a little unsure about the strands and what that means, Jared. Do you have any clarifying thoughts about that? The strands. I'm. I'm not actually following quite that means so we we can jump
0: on uh if someone wrote that out if they
2: could write some clarification i do want to yeah
0: the person just clarified they said strands as in race ethnicity socioeconomic status gender yeah yeah
2: yes yes thank you yeah
0: um
2: i do think that we want to when i think about leadership in our church i want to see diversity around um, not only race but also Uh, economic status um, and gender. So part of what we're trying to do and grow in is, you know, we just had two wonderful ladies leave our team. So now I'm thinking, man, I I wanna make sure that we have um, women on our staff and in our leadership. When we primarily a leadership opportunities, our nominating committee and our leadership team, those places we are always asking the question, are we representing both race, gender, um, economic status, um, influence. Uh, we want to make sure that we have a broad range of backgrounds as much as we can on a smaller group of people of 10 or so and, and staff. Yeah, I, I think all of that matters to me um, and is crucial. Right now, the one that's more prevalent is frankly race because of um, the work we've done before COVID and the, um, the racial issues becoming more prevalent, uh, but is also because of those pressures, we have been pushing into that. And like I said, accelerated our progress by about uh, about five years uh, very quickly. And so it's, it can be very painful, I hope. And if that's not the case, contact me later and I'd love to answer more of that question because it's important to me.
0: And I don't want you to feel in any way I'm trying to avoid something. Um, just a couple more so far and it says I'm sure with the multifaceted opportunities comes so many new challenges how are the pastors and staff handling the extra weight yeah um, it's hard it's really hard uh,
2: the staff is, is working really really hard but it's um, it's it's difficult and um, uh staff having to put on more stuff to open while we're really excited about that. It means we're, we're doing more than we've ever done. And so we have to be really focused on making sure the main thing's the main thing. And we encourage our, I've also been trying to encourage the staff to take vacation, even though their vacations all got shot because summer's usually the time you go and take vacations. And, and a lot of them um, have difficulty. We, have, we try to make sure we're checking up on our staff that they're taking the vacation that they've been given the flex days that they've been given Um, for some of the teaching pastors they have a couple days they can take for solitude Um, but it it's frankly extremely challenging and it's not just burnout i'm concerned about but flame out that and it won't happen in the next couple months it'll happen maybe seven or eight years or eight seven years seven eight months from now Um, we're gonna have to make sure that we're really focused on doing what's most important and also spending time resting. Uh, It's been difficult as well to have Zoom meetings and have these hard conversations over Zoom. So we're trying to carefully meet together at crucial times um, so that we can love people. I'm concerned about Bridget and uh, David, not because of them, they're amazing, but because they're joining a team during Zoom and don't have as much relationship to lean on. So I want to make sure that they lead well, including the new youth director, that they have relationship, that they have um, uh, an understanding that every role makes them whole, that we're together, that we can have hard conversations, but loving conversations, that we can empower each other and so that we can take risks, because taking risks like we're doing right now is, is difficult. So it's it's crucial. Um, I can speak for myself uh, that this has been the uh, most difficult season of ministry I've ever had, and uh, the amount of conversations to help people work through what they're struggling with, and the amount mm-hmm. of um, critique uh, that I've received is is insane. Um, and so I I am making sure that I work well with Neil um, our. Uh, leadership chair that he continues to monitor where I'm at emotionally and that um, I take you know some time away uh, from some of those conversations so that I can be healthy and in in a place where I'm connected to God I'm grateful for our community who has really reached out if a partner you want to love on our staff um, I would encourage you to do that whether that's giving them some space to um, have a date night if that's possible it is a little weird um, but do those kinds of things. Let them know. Um, you'd be surprised, uh, not surprised, people are much more often going to bring concerns or critiques forward than they are going to encourage. Them. Um, so if each of you wanted to invest in that, if you want to be part of helping the staff feel loved and appreciated, um, then you should write them, uh, or write them a note. I just got one yesterday from someone in our church, our partner, who decided to reach out and say, um, um, let's just say how much they appreciated what we're doing. And as you can see, it's affecting me uh, even now
1: uh,
2: in a good way. This is a good thing. Um, well, it doesn't feel good at the moment. It's a good thing. Um, and so I think we, we do need to be concerned about our staff the way that you can partner with that is encouragement and each staff member receives encouragement in a different way. Secondly, prayer, pray um, for our staff, pray that they're healthy and that they're connected to God and they're operating out of the overflow of their relationship with God, not from the pushing. And we've had to push pretty hard.
0: Yeah. Well said. Uh I'll leave it a second. We only got one more question uh, right now, but if any other staff want to jump in and share something, I'll leave it open. Or leadership team. Or leadership team, yeah. Okay. Uh, This should be an easy one, but if we choose to sit outside of the pavilion, will we need to bring our own chairs?
2: Yes, we would hope that you would bring your own chairs. We are going to have chairs available for those who forget to bring them. Again, just like having masks available, um, we want to make sure that nobody goes away, um, not having a place to sit. Uh, But we are going to be obviously maximizing our chair usage so that we can alternate um, and keep things clean. So that was, yeah, that was a difficult one to end on there, Jared. You just <laughs> you brought the big guns at the end.
0: I know, right. Uh, I, and, and feel free, if anybody has a question right off the top of their head and you want to say it out loud, you're certainly welcome to do that. I'm just scrolling back um, through the chat box to make sure that I got everything. Um, so while I'm doing that, feel free to ask any questions that you have. Oh, um, are children allowed into the auditorium with their parents? Yes. Yes. So, yep. we already answered that. Um,
2: yeah. We. We're. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: That's all I have.
2: I'll throw a comment out there. I put it in the chat, but I just want to Nathan, Jared, John, Al, Ron, Neil, all of you guys. You're doing an amazing, outstanding job. I'm so glad you made this decision. Uh, so glad we can be back. New Life Weekend, as we've been looking forward to it for months, we're excited about it. And I just wanna thank you guys all for all of the hard work you're doing, You know, keeping us all together and keeping us nourished and fed. I just wanna say thank you. Thanks, Bob comment about new life weekend uh make sure you're there i wish i could tell you the stories but i'm not going to ruin it i will tell you someone's getting baptized from another state so you don't want to miss that it's going to be awesome that new york city from new york that's hopefully ohio yeah new york state yeah (laughs) they all need jesus in ohio right (laughs) yeah well, guys, uh, um, I'm grateful for you. Um, I'm grateful for the work and just being here. I know that there's still concerns and, and um, my heart is to continue to have the conversations with you. Um, it's important to me. Feel free to share anything we've shared today. Uh, that's part of it is that you guys get to be the evangelists for what's happening here and what's going on. Um, I think we're going to be really encouraged by the stories. And I'm encouraged about um, Explore and the Explore course and just how many people I've talked to who are like, yeah, our small group's going and going to do it and going to be part of it. I'm, I'm uh, The life journey is part of everything that we do and we'll continue to grow into that. And it's so important that we jump on that and be part of it. And if you've had anybody who's a part of it, they're, they're just ecstatic about it. Um, it's going to be a good thing to do. And if you're not in a small group, Uh, make sure you get into one we have a life group uh, life group connect coming up which we're not going to do necessarily all in person there's a really cool idea for that Um, we want you to be in community I was just talking to one of the partners today and they just said how much they've started to view the small group as crucial to the church Um, and they're even the way they think about it is so much more important and I couldn't echo that more our life group's and community are crucial. And so we want you to be part of that and want to bring people in as well. I would be a failure not to mention that Al and Rich are looking to see if there are opportunities to add people to your group. There are a lot of people who are looking for community more so than ever before. Um, I'm grateful for that. And then uh, I want to end by sharing one story, if that's okay. Well, you can jump off if you don't think it's okay, but there's one story. what you may not have known or caught is that we uh, um, months ago before all the 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 racial stuff that happened um which has been happening but that we became aware of in in uh, the new year uh, there was an incident with tcf bank where a man who was who had been at tcf bank for four years who was cashing in a settlement check um, from enterprise uh he um, he uh, uh <laughs> they, he was trying to cash in the check for a settlement for racial discrimination. And while he was doing that, um, the teller got uh, a little concerned and ended up calling the cops on him and it got into a big deal and a problem and just didn't look great. And we banked with TCF bank. And so the leadership team took some time to process through whether we would stay with the bank and watch the situation, try to learn as much as we can. And then found like, hey, TCF bank isn't really doing much Um, In regards to this, so we're going to leave the bank. And so we did and we wrote them a a letter and just said, hey Very clearly we're leaving because we didn't see these things change or we didn't see what's going on We don't know your motivations. We're not trying to say that we just know we need to stand um, With our our brothers and sisters and and then we wrote the letter and we moved This happened right around the PPP stuff. So we kind of used all of that as a time to kind of uh, move to a different bank Uh, Got a phone call Uh, four times from an individual. Um, His name is Gary. And Gary was the uh, executive on the executive board, the executive chairman of TCF Bank, the whole thing. And he said he wanted to meet with me. And I said, great, let's meet. He said, I saw your letter. I want to meet with you. And uh, I sat down with Gary and he told me um, that what caught his attention, one, first of all, he doesn't see complaints. That doesn't come to him. But someone in the complaint department saw the reasons we uh, made the decision and he said, man, I, I, they knew that was so not his heart in regards to uh, racial reconciliation, in regards to diversity, and to empowering people. And he says, I want to meet you. So he came and met me in person. And he says, I just want to explain what's happening. And uh, he came down wearing a suit. He was prepared. He says, I haven't put a suit on in three months, but I came to meet you. This man is like the calmest, quietest, most humble man I think I've met in a long time. And he started explaining a little bit about his heart for reconciliation and what proceeded from him and uh, uh, was just absolutely awe-inspiring. He said, the reason I'm here is because and he had in front of him on the the table, our code, and he had watched our sermons and he had seen what we were doing in regards to uh, racial reconciliation, how we're pushing into it. And he says, I'm not here here to make you a customer because I want your money. He says, we're a $50 billion company. We're about to buy another company and merge and become one of the top 10 um, uh, banks in the entire United States. That's not why I'm here. He says, why I'm here is because I see your heart. I see what you're doing. I looked and found out how you're leading the people. And I want you on our team because we're living in the same world. And he proceeded to tell me, Um, In the most, I'm just absolutely blown away by all the things that his bank is doing that he has done personally and moving forward. I find out that he's the chair of the NAACP in Detroit, that he has received awards for what he has done in the most humble way possible. At the time, he put a press release in front of him and later that week when I met with him, he announced a $1 billion loan program for only minorities and women-owned small businesses and another program of $10 million of which uh, to allow people who are in minorities to waive their closing costs so that they can get homes. He started talking about the, minute, the things that he continually does for the um, children of the cops and the police officers in his own neighborhood to provide scholarships so that they can go to school. He talked about how this entire neighborhood he was in, they didn't have anything to do because of school, so he bought them uh, 1,600 bikes and scooters. And uh, he, goes, I, he goes, yeah, I bought all these bikes. I said, how did you get bikes? All the bikes are gone. He goes, well, I sit on the board of Meyer." And I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then he shared about how he sat on Blue Cross Blue Shields board and Beaumont Hospital and starts to speak about it in the most humble way. He says, I was in, and then he started talking about the incident. And he said, I've changed policies. I've moved things forward. And I was in the home of this man the day it happened. I came down, I met him in his home and I said, what happened to you was unacceptable. What happened to you was wrong. And we're gonna make it right. He settled with him immediately, um, wrote a check in front of the lawyers and said what you think is right and wrote it to him um, immediately. And then he offered him a job and said, I want you to work with me because I see you have stuff, um, you have um, uh, uh, experience in finances and I wanna pay you 25% more than you've ever made. and, and um, It was just an amazing, and again, I say everything, and it feels like I'm bragging, but this man spoke to me with this passion and love in his eyes, and he's almost weeping about his passion for uplifting and partnering with and doing the right thing and putting his own business on the line. Um, I say all this because I'm sitting here thinking, wow, we got this guy so wrong. We got, well, we didn't even know him. We got this whole thing so wrong, but he told me no says, "Don't apologize. We wouldn't go public with all of this because you couldn't have known." He says, "You were the only person, the only person, much less entity or business, who said anything to us, who wrote us a letter, who did anything." And I see you, and I want to be part of what you're doing, and uh, I want to be your friend. And um, I came down here to show you how important this is to me. And I was absolutely floored and humbled by this man and what he has done and what he is continuing to do. A man who's been doing more for this issue than I've even been aware it's been an issue. Um, And so I was humbled by that. And I wanted you to know that. Um, He also slid me a check and said, this is from my wife and I, uh, a donation to the church. So I put it in in my book, but I was humbled by that and we're going to respond. Leadership team's going to write a letter to TCF. I don't know what the future holds. I'm going to call him back and I'm going to try to have lunch with him again Um, because a man who couldn't have been, categorized differently, like we couldn't have got it more wrong, had the humility to come and then just say, this is who I am and this is my heart and I want to partner with you. And then uh, I got in the car, I opened up the check just to see and it was, it was $10,000. I say this all to you, one, because I'm humble enough to go and make things right because I didn't get it right and we'll figure out what that means. But also to let you know that there's a, there's a company a business that wants to change things in our community and that sees what we're doing and says, we believe in you, we believe in what you're doing, we believe in how you're moving forward and we're gonna just show up. And for me, it's one of the most encouraging and humbling moments I've had in my life um, to do that. And I wanted to share that with you because I hope what it does in you is create this fire and excitement about moving towards what God wants for us. He's going to do it. He's gonna make the way if we show up and we're not uh, afraid to be courageous and to work through it and really do it in a humble and loving and kind way, but a bold way that God shows up. And um, I want to share that with you because I told him that uh, I was committed to making sure that anyone who found out about what we did with TCF, that I would tell them what, we, what he said and that uh, what I think about him and Um, I'm grateful for that man. I'm grateful for all of you and how you've partnered with us. And I'm excited to have more and more stories like that of God just showing up in a a huge way. Um, I'd like to end with prayer, if that's okay, unless there's any comments or questions that you've thought about, even if it's going back to something else. Great, thanks for sticking with me this long. For those who have been able to do that, let me pray for us. And then we're always available for follow-on conversations. Dear God, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your joy and your love. I pray that you would help us be safe in the way that we move forward, um, but that you would restore us uh, one moment at a time. God, I pray for all those who are um, desiring to come back, that they would respect and love and um, the other people who around them as well as experience your presence. And for those who are not ready yet, where we renew our commitment to be a church together. And to find new ways uh, to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, not being destroyed or cowed or waiting by our circumstances, but invested in how God's moving. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. See love you all. Look forward to seeing you. Yeah.
2: Bye bye. pause the recording